Okay, brothers and sisters, I think we're ready. You know, I, I could tell the guitar players were kind of hesitating tonight because we used to sing this a, a long time ago in rounds and we used to stand up on all the action verbs. It's quite an active song, very enjoyable. And maybe over the coming weeks, we'll learn it uh, in a stronger way. But the main reason I chose that song tonight is for the phrase, lay hold on eternal life. Right. We're going to talk about sin tonight. And you may be wondering, uh, on your outline, it says the cleansing of leprosy. You thought we are talking about leprosy. Actually, we're talking about sin. And you'll see that in the Bible, leprosy is used by God to portray this matter of sin. So uh, <clears throat> the first thing I want to uh, point out is that we were all born sinners. You know what? Even if you never committed a sin in your life, which is not true, <laughs> but even if you didn't, you have the sin nature. You're constituted a sinner, and that's what this verse says. How about we read it together? Go. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the many were constituted sinners. It's part of our very constitution, the fiber of our being. We have become through birth by being born of, of Adam. We inherited sin. And so within our being, there's a factory of sin. It produces many sins. And, uh, you know, as I was getting into this topic, of course, you probably realize we're in the book of Leviticus. And there are two whole chapters in the book of Leviticus dealing with the matter of leprosy and the cleansing of leprosy. That's why we're taking the time tonight to get into it. It's quite astounding that two entire chapters in the Bible would be devoted to this disease. There's no other disease talked about in the book of Leviticus except leprosy. Um, but... Uh, Sin is typified by this disease called leprosy. And, uh, you know, in the Bible, God often uses things and persons and places and events in order to portray, to, uh, to symbolize, to typify things that are in the hidden realm, in the spiritual realm, the realm behind the physical scene. Because often those things are very abstract. They're hard to, to understand, to grasp. And so the Lord, in His wisdom, has used many things in the physical environment to portray these things. Like, for example, how about the matter of death and resurrection? Have you ever seen anybody resurrect from the dead? How do you explain that to someone? But in the Bible, the Lord Himself told us, it's like a grain of wheat. When you sow that grain of wheat into the ground, it dies, the outer part decomposes and decays, but because there's life inside, it comes up, it sprouts in resurrection a few days later in a different form. It's not the same form that went into the ground that comes out of the ground. So the Lord uses this physical uh, picture of a seed being planted in order to portray the matter of death and resurrection so we can grasp it, we can understand it. Uh, take the matter of baptism. What is baptism all about? Uh, why do we need to be baptized? What's the significance of baptism? The New Testament just tells us to do it. 
But it's not just a, uh, a ritual, an empty ritual. There's actually a, a very important spiritual significance behind baptism. And what the New Testament does is it points us back to some pictures. The picture of Noah's flood. The picture of the Jews crossing the Red Sea. These pictures are full of many details. Many chapters in the Bible are taken up to describe the scenery so that we could grasp the significance of baptism. Well, now we come to uh, the matter of sin. What does it mean that, that we have sin and that we are sinners? Well, there's two entire chapters in the book of Leviticus devoted to leprosy. And when you study leprosy throughout the Bible, you can realize this is associated with sin. And like I put here on the slide, it always comes from rebellion. And it was inaugurated or invented by Satan. Some people may say, well, if God is so good and so perfect, why would there be sin and evil in the world? Well, God didn't invent that. Satan invented it. Satan inaugurated sin. Uh, <clears throat> so in the Bible, sin is typified by the disease leprosy, and sinners, the ones who have the disease, are called lepers. Okay, I'm going to look at three cases in the Bible just to prove to you that leprosy issues from rebellion. The first case is the case of Miriam. Miriam was the sister, the flesh sister of Moses. And she and her brother Aaron, they, uh, they opposed Moses. You know, Moses at that time was God's representative authority on the earth. If you oppose Moses, you oppose God. And so they opposed Moses. They rebelled against God's representative authority at that time. And like it says in the verse, the anger of Jehovah was kindled against them, and he departed. And when the cloud had departed from over the tent, there Miriam was leprous, as white as snow. Rebellion issues in leprosy. Here's another case, the case of Gehazi. This was the servant of one of the chief prophets in the Old Testament. His name was Elisha. Not Elijah, but Elisha. And uh, Elisha had healed the captain of the Syrian army, had healed him of leprosy. And so that person came back to Elisha to give him a gift. But Elisha wouldn't take the gift. He sent him away. Well, Elisha's servant, Gehazi, overheard the whole conversation. And he thought to himself, well, if my master's not going to take that gift, I'm going to get it for myself. So he went after Naaman. And he said, hey, actually, we do need that stuff. <laughs> I, I, you know, we need some of that gold and silver. So he took it for himself. And when he came back, of course, Elisha, being a man of God, being a prophet, he knew exactly what Gehazi had done. And here's what he said. He said, Therefore the leprosy of Naaman shall cleave to you and to your seed forever. And he went out from his presence a leper as white as snow. Gehazi had rebelled against Elisha's practice of not receiving this gift. And it issued in leprosy. Then the last case we'll look at is Uzziah. Uzziah was a king in Israel. And he wanted to go into the temple and offer incense to God. But that was 
illegal. That was not lawful according to God's regulation regarding the priesthood. Only the priest could go in and do that. And the priests, when they saw what he wanted to do, they said, no, don't do that. You're going to get in big trouble. But the king, it says here, he became angry. And in his hand was a censer for burning incense. And when he became angry with the priests, leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of Jehovah. So again, another case of rebellion issuing in leprosy. Okay, let's spend a moment just to consider the physical disease itself. We're going to look at this disease, but don't worry. As about halfway through, we're going to see, brothers and sisters, there is hope. Even though we are lepers, even though we have this horrifying disease, there's hope. Anyways, after I'm done sharing, maybe y'all would group up a little bit, fellowship about what you just heard. We'll give you a few minutes to do that, and then we'll just open the floor for anyone who would overflow to share what touched you, what you were impressed by. Uh, So with the physical disease of leprosy, it's caused by slow-growing bacteria that form thick, scaly nodules on the face and extremities. The word lepra in Greek uh, is a Greek word for scaly, And these bacteria, listen, they destroy the Schwann cells that sheathe and protect the nerves of the peripheral nervous system. And these Schwann cells, they not only protect the nerves, but they also facilitate and assist the transmission of the nervous impulse. So you can imagine if those sheaths are being destroyed by the bacteria, then the sensitivity in your extremities is being diminished. It's being reduced. Eventually, you can't feel pain. Another thing is uh, these things called granulomas are formed. Uh, They're formed around the nerves, the respiratory tract, the skin, the eyes. It results in the lack of ability to feel pain, the loss of parts of the extremities due to repeated injuries or infection due to unnoticed wounds, weakness, poor eyesight. Basically, the body's immune system is reacting to the invasion of this bacteria. And since it's unable to destroy it, it begins to wall it off. It causes a reaction in your body to wall it off. And those walled off portions are called granulomas and they form scaly things and patches and so forth ugly all over your body. Secondary infections in turn can result in tissue loss causing fingers and toes to become shortened and deformed as cartilage is absorbed into the body. Brothers and sisters, the word I want to take away from here is horrifying. It is a horrifying disease. It's not something hidden in your body that nobody sees, you're not not aware of. It's outwardly manifested, and it is absolutely horrifying. I'm going to go through these pictures really quickly, but listen. Here's a 24-year-old man with leprosy. Hands deformed by leprosy. White, scaly stuff all over the body from head to toe. Flesh decomposing and falling off. That's leprosy. I want you to be impacted by this because this is what God has chosen to use to describe something in our being called sin. When God looks at a sinner, He sees sees that. 
That's how he views sinners, as lepers. Okay, now, praise the Lord. There's a divine diagnosis. Okay? Uh, Okay, let's go to Leviticus here, 13.2. It says, When a man has a swelling or an eruption or a bright spot on the skin of his body and it becomes an infection of leprosy on the skin of his body, then he shall be brought to Aaron the priest or to one of his sons the priest. Okay, a swelling indicates unruliness. Is there ever any unruliness in your life? An eruption on the skin signifies friction with others. Do you ever have any friction with your roommate, with your parents, with your siblings? That's an indication that you have the disease. Sin is there. A bright spot signifies pride and exaltation. Here's some other symptoms. Losing your temper. Do you ever lose your temper? That's the result of indwelling uh, sin, justifying oneself, not being willing to forgive others. Oh my goodness, how often do we get offended by someone else and we're just not willing to forgive them? That's an indication, a symptom of sin within us. Okay, here's another verse. Uh, The first half of Leviticus 13.3, it says, And the priest shall look at the infection in the skin of the body, and if the hair in the infection has turned white. You know, it's so amazing how detailed these chapters are in describing all the different aspects and kinds of manifestations of this disease. Well, what this signifies is that the strength for behavior, the strength to live a normal life, is deteriorating, indicating the presence of the disease. Becoming weak, the ability to live a normal life is deteriorating. You might think, well, no, I have a normal life. I'm strong. Isaac, when the brothers call you up at 11 p.m., let's go play basketball. Sure, you hop out of bed, you run and play basketball till 2 in the morning. You're strong. But what about in the things toward God? You know, we know we should read our Bible every day. We should pray every day. Who, how many in this room prayed for one hour today? Out of the 24 hours of the day, you know, you were made for God's purpose in His image and likeness for Him, for His use. He bought with you with a price. You belong to Him. How about reading our Bible? If we just consider our, our life, how much time do we spend uh, in fellowship with other believers and so forth in our daily life, in our weekly life? We look at it, we put it down on paper, we realize, oh, it's so small, so weak. Yes, we're so strong when it comes to education, sports, entertainment, all kinds of things. But when it comes to the things toward God, we're just weak. Amen. We're impotent. We have something in us called the sin nature, which weakens us. Uh, The second half of that verse, it says, 
How about we read this together? Go. Okay, here, the appearance of the infection is deeper than the skin. Okay, this indicates when the disease sinks deeper than the skin, so it's not manifested on the surface, that one's wrong behavior is covered and not confessed. Well, this leads to a classic memory verse, Proverbs 28, 13. And the first half of the verse, it says, He who covers his transgressions will not prosper. Don't cover your transgressions. When the Lord exposes your sin, we need to confess it. Confess it to Him. Okay, take a look at this now. Leviticus 13, 12 and 13, it says, And if the leprosy breaks out further on the skin, and the leprosy covers all the skin of the one who has the infection, from his head even to his feet, as far as the priest can see, then the priest shall look, and if the leprosy has covered all his body, he shall pronounce him who has the infection clean. What? He's got leprosy all over his body. But God says clean. That's what he looks like. It's all over. Well, look at the second half of Proverbs 28, 13. See, if you cover your transgression, you will not prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. We don't, if we have sinned, we commit a sin, we don't want to hide it and cover it. We want to confess. We want to confess to the Lord. And if, and if it involved another person, we need to confess to them. Malik, I'm sorry. I said that. I did that. Right? This is to bring it to the surface, bring it into the light, and confess. Okay. <clears throat> In society today, there's a stigma, a social stigma associated with leprosy. You know, leprosy is still around. It's not as prevalent as it was, um, and it can actually be dealt with with antibiotics, actually kind of a a cocktail of antibiotics. Um, but throughout much of history, there's been a social stigma which continues to be a barrier to self-reporting and early treatment. Some consider the word leper offensive, pref uh, preferring the phrase person affected with leprosy. Just like people in the world consider the word sinner offensive. Don't call me a sinner. Don't tell me I have sin. Have you ever heard this? Uh, man is generally good. He just makes mistakes now and then. Or how about this? It's not sin if I can't help it. Or how about this one? I'm just a normal, red-blooded human being. Of course I lose my temper. Of course if I see someone has more than me, it's only fair that I take some for myself. <clears throat> People don't want to admit but you know what? We have the disease. Remember God's view. This is how God views uh, human beings with sin, the sin nature. So leprosy is a horrifying disease. And we don't want to spend even one minute in this leprous condition. 
There's hope. Hallelujah. There's hope. We don't want to... EJ, do you want to spend one minute in that condition? You remember those pictures I just showed? You want to spend one minute like that? No, right? But praise the Lord, there's hope. I put these verses here from Matthew 8. Who knows what happens in Matthew 5, 6, and 7? What did you say, Reese? The, the, okay, the famous Sermon on the Mount, right? Jesus is up there on the mountain, and he is decreeing the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens. Just like the United States of America has a constitution of how to live in this country and how to be a citizen of this country and what your rules and rights are and so forth, there is a constitution for the kingdom of the heavens, and it's very high. The standard is high. It says if someone slaps you on one cheek, you turn and, and let them slap the other cheek. It says if you get angry with your brother, you've murdered him. There's even a verse in that section that says, you shall be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens. This is what it looks like to be a citizen in the kingdom of the heavens. I've talked to some people that told me that when they got to that section of the Bible, which actually isn't very far into the New Testament, they threw the book away. <laughs> they said, who can do this? <clears throat> but then look at the very next verse, beginning of chapter 8. Let's, let's read these three verses together. Go. Isn't that wonderful? After the Lord spent three chapters giving us the decree of the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens, so high, according to God's standard of righteousness, He doesn't expect us to come up to where He is. He comes down to where we are. He came down from the mountain. Praise the Lord. He came down from the mountain, right to our level, right where we are. And the first thing He did was He cleansed a leper. He stretched out his hand and he touched this leper. Who in their right mind would touch a leper? But Jesus did. That shows he is ready and able and willing to heal us, to cleanse us, cleanse us of our sins. He is compassionate and he is ready to deal with our disease and he can deal with our disease. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> the first step is we need to believe. We need to believe. We need to believe that He can. That He can deal with this disease that we have. He can save us from our sins. Here in this verse, there were, uh, there were ten lepers. The Lord had just healed ten lepers. And they went away, and one of them came back to thank the Lord. And here's what the Lord tells him. He says, rise up and go. Your faith has healed you. We need to believe. We need to believe. Then we need to obey. Since the source of leprosy is disobedience, rebellion, then obedience is required to be cleansed. 
And you know what? The Lord, uh, he has a way to expose our disease. Uh, <clears throat> we're, we're probably not aware of, of the majority of sins that we commit in our daily life. But the Lord, in his mercy, he exposes us. Maybe you're just having a little prayer time and some light comes and you get exposed. Oh, I said that to my roommate yesterday. Maybe I should apologize. Or maybe you're reading your Bible and you get some light from a, from a verse. Or maybe you're just uh, fellowshipping with some other believers. And the light comes. The Lord has a way to use our environment, to use the word, to use the fellowship. He uses things to expose us. But we need to obey. <clears throat> when the light comes, we need to obey. Uh, going back to that case of Naaman, the captain of the army of Syria who got healed of leprosy by the word of Elisha, when he came to Elisha, okay, he found out that there was a prophet in Israel who could cleanse people of leprosy. He found that out through, actually through a servant girl that was there uh, from Israel that was in Syria. And she said, oh, if you were in Israel, there'd be a, a, there's a prophet there that could heal you. Well, anyways, he went to uh, Israel. Actually, at that time, Elisha was in Samaria. He went to Samaria, and uh, <clears throat> Elisha knew that he was there. And Elisha did not even come out of his house to talk to him or do any. He sent his servant out to meet Naaman. And he told Naaman, he said, you need to go to the Jordan River and dip in that river seven times and you'll be clean. You'll be cleansed of leprosy. Well, at first, Naaman was angry. He's like, I came all this way and this, this man of God is telling me just to get in this river. There's better rivers in my country. <laughs> well, the servant of Naaman prevailed upon him and said, he said this, he said, had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? If he would have waved his hand over you or spoken some magical words or told you to climb up this mountain, you would have done it, right? But how much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? So he went down and dipped in the Jordan seven times. He obeyed. He dipped in the Jordan seven times according to the word of the man of God and his flesh was restored to be like the flesh of a little boy and he was clean. So we have to obey. We need to believe that the Lord is able and we need to obey the light when he exposes our sin. We need to obey and respond. And we need to confess. Let's all read this verse together. Go. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we need to believe, we need to obey, and we need to confess. And then finally, we need to lay hold on eternal life. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, the eternal life is a leprosy-repelling life. Have you ever put mosquito repellent on to repel mosquitoes? Well, guess what? The Eternal life is a leprosy-repelling life, and we can lay hold on that life. We can drink that life. We can enjoy that life. If you want this horrifying disease to stay away, 
keep drinking the eternal life. This verse in John 4, it says, Whoever drinks of the water that I will give him shall be by no means thirst forever, but the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water gushing up into eternal life. It has been installed in our being as a fountain, and we can just turn at any moment to drink of that life. And, uh, you know, otherwise, if we're not drinking of the eternal life, if we're not laying hold of the eternal life, then the disease is likely to return with all manner of hideous manifestations. And don't think that your flesh will ever improve. You know, the sin nature is in our flesh. We all got it. We all inherited it from Adam. And it was invented by Satan. It got injected into mankind. It's there. And it will get manifested in all kinds of ways. But we need to keep drinking to repel, right? To repel the leprosy. We need to drink the eternal life. Our flesh will never improve until the day we die or the Lord comes back, whichever comes first. It's not going to improve. It's not going to get better. Keep drinking. Keep drinking. Don't leave these four things. What are the four things again? Believe. Believe, Obey. obey, Confess. Lay hold on eternal life. How about the sisters? Let's say these four things. Believe. Believe, Obey. obey, Confess. confess, Lay hold on eternal life. Brothers. Believe. believe, Obey. Confess. Lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold. Drink that eternal life. Turn and drink. Turn and drink in your daily life. Take a lot of sips out of that fountain. (laughs) And leprosy will be repelled. Otherwise, it's likely to return. Uh, This is what Leviticus tells us. Even after someone gets cleansed, it can return. So we have to be careful. Okay, I wanted to end with this here couple paragraphs when I googled uh, leprosy it said this it said the greatest risk factor for developing leprosy is contact with another case of leprosy contacts of people with leprosy are five to eight times more likely to develop leprosy than members of the general population what's the point here stay away from people that are practicing sin we ha- of course, we have the sin nature and we will fall into sin from time to time. But listen, we're not pigs. We're sheep. You know, a pig with the pig life and the pig nature, they love to wallow in the mud. That's their nature. But we, we got regenerated. Jesus is the Lamb of God. We became sheep. <laughs> we have the sheep life. A sheep might slip and fall in the mud from time to time, but it doesn't wallow in it. It gets up and washes itself off and goes on. Right? So don't hang around with people that are practicing sin, that are living in sin, wallowing in sin. Otherwise, you're likely to get muddy yourself. There's a verse for you here. uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33. You can write that down. 1 Corinthians 15.33. It says, Do not be deceived. Evil companionships corrupt good morals. 
And in the context of that chapter, that means if you hang around with people that do not believe that there's going to be a resurrection, that they are one day going to be accountable for their actions, then likely your morals are going to get corrupted. Evil companionships corrupt good morals. Okay, then the last thing here, it also mentions other risk factors, poverty and malnutrition. Brothers and sisters, we're not poor. We are rich. We have the divine life. We have the divine nature. We have the riches of Christ, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Why should we undernourished be, Dad? There's no reason to be undernourished, to be malnourished. We have the Bible, the best source of food in the universe. We can feed on the Word of God. We can feed on Christ. There's no reason to be malnourished. So if we stay away from people that are living in sin, and if we take care of our eating, getting the riches of Christ wrought into our being day by day, then this disease will be held at bay, right? Praise the Lord. We, again, we do not want to spend one minute in that condition. As soon as we discover some manifestation of this disease, we need to confess to the Lord as soon as possible. ASAP, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. Lord Jesus, I repent. Thank you for your precious blood that cleanses me from every sin. I take it right now. We believe, we obey, we confess, and we lay hold on eternal life. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for this word in Leviticus. Oh, that we could see what we are by nature. Constituted sinners. Oh, but we have hope. You are willing and able. You're compassionate. You're ready. Lord, we just turn to you. Lord, thank you for your saving life. Your, your saving blood that covers our transgressions. Oh, it even uh, takes them away. They would be remembered no more. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Okay, we'll end here. And then uh, again, just group up. Just spend a few minutes to touch base with the outline, with your notes, fellowship a little bit, and then we'll give you the floor to overflow.